Are you sure we shouldn't just go to the police? I asked. Don't be stupid, said Daisy severely. We don't have any evidence yet. We don't even have a body. They'd simply laugh at us. Anyway, this is our murder case. When Daisy Wells and Hazel Wong set up a secret detective agency at Deep Dean School for Girls, they can't find a truly exciting mystery to investigate. Unless you count the case of Lavinia's missing tie, which they don't. Then Hazel discovers the body of the science mistress, Miss Bell, but when she and Daisy return five minutes later, the body has disappeared. Now the girls have to solve a murder and prove a murder happened in the first place, but will they succeed? And can their friendship stand the test? Hello and welcome back. The books are back. I'm Ursula. And I'm Catherine. I'm Ursula's mum. And this week we're reading Murder Must Unladylike by Robin Stevens. Now, if you're into children's books these days, you will know that this is actually quite a recent book. It's not, like most of the books that we feature, something that I read when I was a child, because this is the Books Are Back reverse episode. Normally, Ursula reads a book that I enjoyed when I was a child, and we talk about whether I was right to remember it as a good book. But this week, I'm reading a book that Ursula enjoyed really quite recently <laughs> and we'll talk about whether she's right to remember it as a good book. So yeah. Ursula, why did you choose a book? Uh, well, I chose it because, as you will know, um, I really enjoy books that are part of a series. This is part of the Murder Most Unladylike series. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I thought that it it's one of the more interesting ones. It certainly has quite a condensed plot but with quite a good twist and I just thought it, it was really interesting to see just kind of the two of them working together and I, I feel like Robin had a lot of fun exploring their characters and trying to work out who they were really going to be. Because it's the first one. Yeah. It's the first one in the series. Is it? Yes, it, it introduces is. these two characters. Yes it does. Well am I right? <laughs> well I, interesting. I I'm not sure you are. So this story is about two girls. Girls who have formed their own detective society. And their names are Daisy Wells and and Hazel Hazel Wong. And they go to a boarding school in England. Called Deep Dean, because it's next to the town of Deep Dean. And Hazel is from Hong Kong and Daisy is as English as could English be. Her um, father's a lord. Yeah, and they're supposed to be friends, but I found the development of the friendship quite challenging and difficult. It starts off with Daisy being a bit of a mean girl, really, and Hazel gets locked in a trunk. Yeah, when they're in, like, year two, and that's kind of... well. How do I put this? Um, it, it's the, what, 19th, 18, 20th century, yes? It's the 1930s. The 1930s. These girls are away from their family all the time. They've formed a really very close bond in their dorm. And this new girl arrives, probably who looks like something that they've never seen before, because they probably won't have met anyone from China before. Um, and, you know, it, it's someone new who's trying to basically invade their dorm, let's say. Um, 
They're 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 practically having a bit of fun with her. Dude, she she's not being mean in a mean way. She's being mean in a we'd like you to laugh along with us kind of way. Interesting. So carrying on from the French, <laughs> which develops therefrom. I thought that the boarding school part of this felt familiar and good. And was that because was... you went to a boarding school? No, like from stories like. Um, Mallory Towers or other Billy Bunter or other boarding school stories. Um, So I quite enjoyed that and there was lots of good detail. I thought it was very evocative. And yes, as an adult reading about the, the friendships, I found quite shocking because... Everyone's always being most unpleasant and tripping each other up just for badness and mischief. But I, I, I've actually, I probably shouldn't have done this, but I've been rereading, I think, the fourth one. And that just seems almost natural to me. It's kind of just, I don't know, it's dawn rivalry. Right. It, it feels fine. Yeah. It's just like, you know, someone's feeling grumpy on the way back um, from classes, so they just trip someone up just to see what happens. Anyway... Um, I, I'm, I feel like maybe you've not seen enough into the characters than you maybe could have. <laughs> but the murder aspect of it, it's really hard to describe without, you know, giving away massive spoilers. Um, well, it's a really clever murder. Well, is it? There's no locked room mystery or... Well, yeah, but I can't explain why it's a clever murder without really giving it away. I see. That, yes, it is difficult. Because it? it's a clever murder because it's almost... It, it's not. It's not this. But it's a bit... It's almost a bit like a case of mistaken identity. Is it, is it really what you think? Have you seen the whole picture? Yes, I suppose I'll 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 give I'll give away a small spoiler. Mm-hmm. Well, in fact, it's in the blurb. I think what I troubled with with it was Hazel finds the body, and then when they go back, the body's missing. Yeah. And I felt like that should have been like a key to it or something. Um, but actually, solving the murder turns out it's not about the mechanics of it. It's not about how the body goes missing. But it's about why it went missing and and who did yeah. it. Yeah, it's about the motives. It's about motives and you know, it's about creeping around the school, listening into basically listening into teachers' conversations. Yeah. To try and work out who would have had the motive. Poisoning and, themselves. Yeah. So I mean. Th- it, I suppose it just got solved in a different way from how I was expecting. I expected there to be some kind of mystery about the... What, like the disappearing floor or something? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, the other thing, talking about the children are mean to each other, the other thing that was very bizarre was I thought the fact that the staff were behaving in a bizarre way was going to be a massive clue. It, it, it ends up being quite sinister, the way that the teachers are cheerfully getting on with everything and oh that that happens so one of the things that they do is they and Rob, robin stevens deliberately pokes fun at the fact that adults never seem to really notice what's going on right and if so, they do they're always kind of happy 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 girls nothing's gone wrong let's keep the atmosphere up <laughs> well i certainly i really thought that was going to be part of it because he's like so I, I thought it was going to be like a sinister mystery that the teachers were all pulling it together because they were all being so 
jolly cheerful when the science mistress well, goes missing. Stop me when I get this wrong. If I get if I've got this wrong, but am I right in saying that this is one of the only books where there isn't really a second mystery? So like in Jolly Foul Play, as well as the mystery of the murder, mm. there's also someone who's leaking secrets. In right. Arsenic for Tea, as well mm. as a murder, also the one of the murderers, uh, the no, the, the victim's watch has gone missing. Okay. In First Class Murder, everyone's got secrets and they're trying to find them out. Right. What, what are these things in the escaper, in the magician's um, cabin? Okay. So first class murder is set in a train, is it? Yes, it is. It's on the Orient Express. Oh, right. I feel that we're getting a bit off topic. We are slightly. Well, I don't know. I haven't read the other ones. But um, would you say that there's more than one mystery? Um. No. This. Okay. I mean, it. The, again, murder, murder is solved by discovering the motivation, and I suppose that is. Um. It is a. It is about a, a secret. But I suppose the secret wouldn't wouldn't be part of the story if the murder hadn't taken place. Yeah. Um. So quite a good read. A really good read. It, well, in my in my opinion. Yes. No. I thought I it was. It. I thought it was quite a good read. But yeah, it surprised me with, with different aspects of it. I I think I, if I was remembering this book, I think I found it more memorable for the school story aspect than for the murder mystery aspect. But you described it as a murder with a good twist, so that's interesting. Yes, it, it, well, do you think it's a good twist? N- not really. Really? Yeah. I love the twist. Well, that's interesting, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Unless I'm completely remembering the twist wrong. In that case, that might be why I like it so much. Um... So, Mum, would you like me to tell you a bit about, about Robin Stevens? Yeah, I, w- I was just reflecting on how far we can go with our it's a good twist, it's not a good twist conversation <laughs> without spoilers. I think we should move straight on okay, to so, tell us a bit about the author. Okay. So, Mum, would you like me to tell you a bit more about Robin Stevens? Yes, please. Okay, well, she was born in Oxford and she grew up in... O- no, sorry, got that wrong. She was born in California and grew up in Oxford... And she actually grew up across the road um, from where Alice in Wonderland lived and where she was based out of. Oh, cool. So where Lewis Carroll right. her. Yeah. Her love for murder mysteries began when her father handed her a copy of The Murder of Roger Ackroyd by Agatha Christie when she was 12. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's a really good book. Is it? What's it about? Ah, uh, spoilers. It's a really <laughs> classic Agatha Christie. Um, I think the murder takes place in a English village type thing. So pretty much like most Agatha Christie books. Well, like a like like a kind of a Miss Marple type yeah. setting. Okay. Um, I don't think Miss Marple is a detective though. Um, yeah, well, that's about as much as I could actually find out about her childhood. Um, the books that she's written are Murder Most Unladylike, which is actually in the USA. Um, it's called Murderous Ban- Manners. Arsenic for Tea, which is number two, which is called Poison is Not Polite in the USA. 
A lot of people have asked Robin why this is, like why they changed it, and she said that her publishers just thought that this would suit their target audience better. I can see that arsenic for tea might be a bit cryptic if... You didn't know what arsenic was. Well, I mean, I think Americans might know what arsenic is, but they might not be quite so familiar with tea. Tea. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And I quite like the title, Murder's Not Polite. Do you mean Murder's Bad Manners? Yes, I quite like that. I'm not sure if I do. And I don't think the the phrase manners is used in the book. I don't think... I don't think there's an emphasis on that. Ma- there's not a teacher who's busily going, now, oh, good manners, girls. Yeah. Is there? Well, at least not one that actually plays a part. There's, there's a porn teacher. But she, she's not, they're not heavily in her lessons. It's not like a slogan from the book. No. But it's all her lovely manners. No. So then, there's first class murder, jolly foul play, mistletoe and murder, and cream buns and crime, which is kind of a companion book. It's got lots of little short stories, tips, tricks, that kind of thing in it. Um, a spoonful of murder, death in spotlight, top marks for murder, and death sets sail. She's also written The Guggenheim Mystery, which stars Ted Spark, and it's a sequel to Cybon? Siobhan. Siobhan Dowd's yeah. The London Eye Mystery. Ah, right. Have and, you read that? Um, I think I've started it, but I don't think I've ever finished it. And then she's got some new things coming out soon. In August this year, she's releasing Once Upon a Crime, which will be a book of short murder most and ladies-like stories, and Hazel's Little Sister, who you meet in um, A Spoonful of Murder and Death Sets Sail, I think, yes, um, is going to return in her own series of books. Or is it just one book? In her own book... Um, called The Ministry of Unladylike Activity. She's going to be a spy, is she? I think so. That's going to be extra and cool. And I think it's I think it's coming out sometime in 2022. That is going to be extra cool. Have you read um, any of the um, young Bonds? Yes, I've read two of them. Books. They're really good. And is he, a, is he a spy? He just kind of stumbles into bad situations and explores further. Okay, so he's more of an adventurer than an yeah. actual spy. Yeah. Right. I think I think May is literally going to be like trying to get herself into trouble. Right. Um bit like Daisy. <laughs> and then one more thing to round off this wee section. Um I can't remember when she announced it, but I found this on her website. Robin Stevens has announced at some point that she's pregnant with her first little detective. Oh, lovely. That's excellent. So, well, what great news. You went to meet her in I did. the Golden Year Bookshop, I did. didn't you? I did. Um, I remember, because we took a friend who hadn't read any of the books, and I just remember, there was a massive queue to meet Robin Stevens. That was... And I just remember she was just as nice to the friend who hadn't a clue what was going on as she was to you, and you were carrying, like, a stack <laughs> of books to get signed. <laughs> and she had, like, bought the first one. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I I actually discovered when I was there that I had jumped first uh, straight from first class murder to mistletoe and murder. No, yes, um, and I completely missed out Johnny Fowl play. Oh right, so you, oh, did we? I think we maybe caught you up on that while we were there. Yeah. Something I quite I know you've been enjoying these books, and I haven't read them all, obviously. But something I quite like about the series is that there's this 
quite nice reference to other murder mysteries. Yeah. Like, you know, Murder on the Orient Express. It's first past murder. Yeah, and then the last one, Dead Set Sail, is about a cruise on the Nile. Yeah. Um, so it's very much like Death on the Nile. I think that's quite, that's quite cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she does say that she draws inspiration, especially from Agatha Christie. Right. She says that one of her books had some inspiration for Mistletoe Murder, which is set in snowy old Cambridge at Christmas. That's lovely, isn't it? Yeah. So how many of them are set at the school? How many of them are set at the school? Um, three and a bit, if you count kind of the short stories that are included in Murder, in Queen Bones and Queen. And as a fan, what do you like better? The ones where they're at school or the ones where they're not at school? I like them the same. I think that I think that I would like the other ones more if she didn't space them out. So she has a uh, Robin Stevens usually has about a two book gap between going back to school. Okay, and there's one in set in Hong Kong, is there? Yeah, that's a, sp- a spoonful of murder. So that's quite cool. You get to meet Hazel's family. Yeah. Is, are there ones where you get to meet Daisy's family? Um, yes, you get to meet her whole family is in Arsenic for Tea, um, which is set in her big mansion. You meet her brother again in Mistletoe and Murder, which is, when he's at Cambridge, that's why they're there. Oh, her maid comes onto the Orient Express with them. Okay, cool. And then Hazel's father is in First Class Murder, Maybe, no, not top marks for murder. He's in death set sales along with her two little sisters. Oh, right, okay. Excellent. Well, it just sounds like quite a... Fleshed out universe? Yeah, I was going to say, quite a detailed world full of different places for them to find mysteries and, and solve murders. Yeah. I remember one, I think it was Death in the Spotlight when you were reading it, that seemed to me to have a more satisfactory mystery. The mystery in that A book. satisfactory mystery. Yes. Yes. A satisfactory mystery. Yes. Yes. I completely and utterly disagree. Did you not enjoy the mystery in Death in the Spotlight? No, I can't tell them why I didn't, because <laughs> big spoiler, but I hate it with all of my life. So there's a fundamental no, disagreement actually. that we can't discuss because we're so spoiler averse <laughs> between what makes for a good mystery a good mystery and what makes for a bad mystery. Well, it's a good mystery, but it's a bad solvention okay. thing. Okay. Right. Well, I, I, my promise to you is when you finally read The Murder of Roger Ackroyd, you will be blown away. Now, can I do the quiz? Yes, you can. Okay, here is the quiz. Question one. The girls at Deep Dean yes. are allowed to go into Deep Dean at the weekend. Yes. The smallest girls have to go in with matrons. Yes. But as you get older, you get a couple of hours. Now, yep. Hazel says in the book that there's time enough to go to the cinema if you're clever about it. But that's not what she and Daisy do. What do Daisy and Hazel do when they go into Deep Dean? What do they do when they go into Deep Dean? They go to the tea shop, don't they? They do. There's more. Do I get half a point? No, half a point for that, yes. OK. 
Okay. Right. So the answer is they. Oh, doesn't work. No, no. The answer is they go to the sweet shop, the bookshop, and then to the lion's corner house for tea. Ah, okay. Okay. Question two. Should have stolen the book and read it last night. In. <laughs> In the story, there is a new master comes to the school and everyone loses their brains about this. He seems to be quite handsome and he gets the nickname The One. And there seem to be teachers who are getting a bit bowled over by this as well as all the female pupils. The question, all the pupils. The question is, what subject does The One teach? Music. And... Music and art. I saw you trying to <laughs> peek in the book. I was just going to look at the map. Oh, that's another good feature of these books. They've all got maps in the front of the locations. Oh, yes. Yes, I enjoyed that. I was constantly referring to the map. Okay, and the last question is... I get half a point as well. Okay, can you remember which murder is which, right? The last question is... Where is the body of the science mistress found? It's found in the gym room. In the gym hall. That's right. Um, and it's underneath the balcony. Underneath the balcony, exactly. Right. Well done. I get Good. two points. Two out of three. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Maybe better than I normally perform. But then it's not quite so long since you read the book. Yeah. So did you bring that cream buns and crime book with you? Yes, I did. I brought it here. Why? Well, because it has got quite a few good extracts in it, which really flesh out how Daisy and Hazel solve their cases. Okay, cool. So, my first one, which is... Just bear with me. It shows you their pledge. So what they say when they get a new member who joins. Okay. Okay. Do you swear to be a good and clever member of the, the detective society and to logically detect the crimes presented to you using all the cleverness you have, not placing reliance on grown-ups, especially the police, which is something that Daisy absolutely hates when you, do, 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 when you let the grown-ups do anything. Do you solemnly swear never to conceal a vital clue from your detective society president and vice president and to do exactly what they say? She promised never to mention this to another soul, living or dead, on pain of medieval tortures, which she often uses to threaten the little um, girl in their dorm, who's very kind. She gets very scared quite easily. Right. Beanie. Okay. Um, so do they let someone else in? Yeah, they let all the girls in their dorm, and then they become partners with um, another detective society. So that's later on in the series. Yeah. Okay, cool. She talks a wee bit about creating a suspect list, how you need to get a motive for each suspect for why they might have done it. Oh, that's another thing that's quite well done in the uh, book. Yes. Is that they show you Hazel's notebook Book. as she goes through and she's made notes about who's, what everybody's motive might be and what they're... Where they were, alibis. Yes, yeah. and then she you can keep track of how they're getting on because... It appears again and again, and people have been crossed out, or it notes have been added in. That's quite a good way yeah. of keeping track of it. Shall we share some photos on the social media? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So she talks about how you need a motive. Can you think of a reason why the suspect might have wanted to commit a crime? 
and it might be a question of events or lots of money, a dangerous secret. You also need an alibi and that's basically saying that you can't um, have been there because someone else has told you. Okay, so you've got to three suspects, you've got to work out if they've got an alibi. Yeah, so say there was a murder in the park on Thursday at three o'clock. Um, say one of your suspects was in the shop and he had a receipt to prove that, you could then go and talk to the shop owner and they would be able to say, oh yes, they purchased this and then you would be able to cross them off if they've got an alibi. Okay. Another bit that she talks about is how to interview witnesses. Did anyone see the crime take place? If it happened to take place in a busy street, for instance, it is vital to find out if anyone was about just before or after and go and talk to them. This could lead to crucial clues, though do beware of witnesses who may be lying. Tip. Use shrimps. Shrimps is our word for the youngest girls of teaching. No one ever notices them and they, be, and they can be quite useful for information. Like Kitty, who was one of their doormates, they see a great deal. Now, shrimps can be your eyes and ears around the school they are the, and are often experts on any rumours flying around. Be firm with but charming. This is a technique that also works with Hazel. <laughs> and you'll find it easy to win them over. But it's, also, but it's always important to remember that anything you tell the shrimps will be passed around the school. So make sure they don't know too much about what you're doing. <laughs> and she also talks just a little bit about confronting your murderer. Do you have to do that? Yes, Mum. Otherwise, they'd get away with it. Oh, my goodness. So, unfortunately, one must involve the police at some point. When Hazel and I have put so much work into solving a case, it's galing when someone else takes the glory. But the annoying fact is that we are technically still children and cannot arrest murderers or sunk. However, although you may have the police present when you confront your murderer, you should try and make sure that they don't interfere until the very end, when it is their job to wrestle the culprit to the ground and take them away in handcuffs. (laughs) The whole thing must be as dramatic and theatrical as possible. When holding um, a concentration, try to ensure that all your suspects are gathered together. For country house murders, drawing rooms are ideal. For murders on trains, you should use the dining carriage, and so on. Speak clearly and slowly. Take time to pause and stare meaningfully into the eyes of other people. This will alarm them and may force a confession. Draw proceedings out for as long as possible. Savour the moment. Discuss the case. Make sure to address each suspect in turn. It is important that everybody realises how brilliant you are. Make them confess. As soon as you accuse the criminal, they should confess. Or at least they ought to. If they do not, they are not being very sporting. <laughs> and she's got loads of things like that. And one of the things that I really enjoyed because they were fun, uh, quite funny, was she had someone dealing with Hazel. And there was a line here, Hazel made me take this bit out. Well, she gave us a little tip there <laughs> about how to manage her. I don't think in the first book, Daisy gets that starring moment at the end. Are there other books where she does that? I... I must have got that wrong. I, I quite remember that. Well, at least she was there kind of... I think they were in the sand, weren't they? Or no, in, in the small music room. The, because yeah. they were hiding. Yeah. And then she she walked through and went, Inspector Presley, I know who did it. They they watched him do it, basically. Yeah. 
Um, in um, later books, does she get to do it herself? Yeah, she does. It seems like a typical murder mystery thing to happen. Yeah. I think one of the things I really enjoy about this one is Inspector Pricely's always there. And over time, he grows to trust the girls more and more. And, the, and they work together rather than him going, no girls, you can't be part of this. Oh, well, that's like so, um, Sherlock Holmes and Inspector Lestrade. Yeah. It? So say um, in Top Marks for Murder, they're back at the school for the last time. And um, he goes, he can't really take part in the investigation because he's no part, no longer part of the deep team police. But he goes, right, yes, I'll try and do some investigating for what happens in the woods. You girls do everything else. So, would you recommend it? Yeah, I would. I would recommend it. I thought it was a good read. Would you read on? Maybe. I'd be interested to <laughs> read Death in the Spotlight, for example. You've just said that because you know I really don't like it. Have you? <laughs> um, and I'd certainly be interested to read the Orient Express one. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And I think you'll definitely be getting this new spy series. Yes, yes, when yes. They start coming out. And the one in August twenty twenty one. If if I if you know you happen to think that I might need a back to school present, just putting it out there. Yeah, just for the right time of year. <laughs> Excellent. Well, is that everything we normally cover, but back to front? think so. Yeah? Yeah. I've forgotten to bring next week's book. Mum. Good grief. What am I reading? Well, I thought we'd have a complete change of pace from Again. all of this um, <laughs> modern shock and drama. You're going to read the very, very modest stories in the... Family from One End Street by Eve Garnett. I think I read a wee bit of that. Well, um, the... I think the, it was quite good. The incidents are much more along the lines of lost Someone toys than, <laughs> than murder mysteries. Um, but I... Falling into bramble bushes. Exactly. But I remember enjoying them a lot when I was younger, so it would be interesting to see what you make of them. And we'll discuss that next time on... Books are back. So join us next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.